Islam. Assalamu alaikum. Shalom. Hotep. I want to welcome you all again to another airing of Conscious Vibes Radio, of course. I am your host, Ramiel Ilbay. And tonight we have a show for you uh, that we've entitled Politics or Politics as Usual. I've been getting a lot of questions from different parts of uh, the country regarding what's going on in the political arena right now. Um, <clears throat> you know, what What do you think of Donald Trump? What do you think of um, Sanders and Clinton and all these other things? And what it continues to show is that there's a huge misunderstanding about the actual politics of this country. So tonight we're going to um, unveil, you know, a lot of the inner workings um, of the politics of this country, what is going on, what is what is the election cycle really looks like, you know, look like and things of that nature. Before we get into the show, as we always do, we want to make a couple of announcements. Um, as a reminder, uh, we have the different study groups in the three different uh, territories, in three different territories right now. We have the study group that is biweekly on Saturdays in the Sacramento Territory. And we have the study group that's biweekly on Wednesdays that is in the San Jose Territory. To get on the list for those two and any other study group of things that we have, and you can send an email to Northgate Bay, N-O-R-T-H, Gate, G-A-T-E, Bay, B-E-Y, at gmail.com. We also have the study group that is broadcast live on live stream. On live stream. So you can go to live stream, L-I-V-E, stream.com, and you can set up a profile. If you have a Facebook page, you can use um, that information, and it'll make you, you know, lets you make a, a really quick profile. It doesn't take much, but that will enable you to receive all the reminders and things of that nature um, for the show. Uh, as there, you know, all the different updates. So that's, and that happens every Thursday night. And that starts at 7 p.m. and lasts to 9 p.m. We also want to give you a reminder um, of the upcoming um, African market that's going to take place in Sacramento Territory on April 2nd. And that's going to be at the Sojourner Truth Museum. And that's on Florin and 24th. Again, we want to make sure to support that. Um, I will be out there that day uh, with more Unity clothing. Uh, so please come out and support if you're in the territories or close enough, you know, um, to support our brother, Rod James, and our sister, uh, Sheldon McDaniels. 
I also want to um, let let you all in and, and encourage you to download a particular application. One of the things that um, Vibration Radio, which is the network uh, that I'm on, has uh, transformed over to your radio network. So, um, Brother uh, Trent Williams uh, and Brother Anthony Collins are uh, doing a lot of work in the background um, getting this switch to take place. It's really a beautiful thing. Um, you know, the brothers are working really hard. They're setting up uh, some websites and so on and so forth. But you can now actually listen to all of the shows on your radio network by downloading the app. So on your phone, whether you have an iPhone um, or whether you have an Android phone, you can go to your Play Store, your Google Play Store, or whatever it is that you have, and you put in Y-R-N. And you're going to see an application come up. It's brown. It's got a mic, and it says Y-R-N, which is your radio network. You download that app, and you can actually listen to the show live from your from your phone. I think you can also do it from your desktop. Uh, I'm not sure how you do that, but um, if Brother Anthony or Brother Trent is on and you want to call in and let them know about that uh, at the end of the show or any time, actually, because I can pause the show to let you give that information, please do so. Just press 1 at any time, and I'll let you interject that to make sure that the listeners get that information. But I encourage you to download that app um, because we're going to eventually be moving away from Blog Talk Radio um, because, you know, the brothers – want to put everything in our own hands and um, make the network even more secure and a better quality of radio um, and secure our own ownership, you know, create our own, uh, you know, business market and, um, you know, sellable commodity and so on and so forth. So please download that app, YRN, your radio network, with your Android or Google Play phone. Uh, remember the study classes biweekly in Sacramento territory, biweekly in the San Jose territory, and weekly in the Oakland San Francisco territory. For the last class in the Oakland San Francisco territory, I really encourage all of you to come out to the actual Samuel Mary University. If you are in the area, do not use the fact that it's a live broadcast as an excuse to not come out in fellowship with the other Moors. Um, it's always best you know, to uh, be able to see your face and, and, and um, you know, be able to fellowship and talk, you know, and so on and so forth and break bread together versus doing everything online. So let's not get lazy and complacent just because we're adding new technology to what we're doing. Um, let's not use it as an excuse because that's part of the problem of our mentality in the first place. We're always looking for an easy way out. If it's not convenient, we don't want to do it. So we want to break that cycle. And uh, make sure that we're um, we're coming out to coming out to support. I think that is the end of the announcement. There may be a few more, but we're going to go ahead and just and jump right in. Every four or two years, depending on what's going on, uh, what type of election is happening, and so on and so forth, you see. Um, all the different debates and all the different um, things start to take place within the country. Right now, 
you have Donald Trump acting a fool um, all over the place, and everyone's jumping in, you know, emotionally, uh, trying to figure out what's going on, trying to figure out his angle, and so on and so forth. Um, you have them, of course, showing, you know, Hillary Clinton coming in. Uh, right now they're bombarding her based on uh, some words that she said in the past, things that she's done, um, her husband's legacy, and so on and so forth. You have Bernie Sanders coming in, um, and he's coming in, you know, speaking more towards uh, the banking system and, you know, wanting to turn things back into the hands of the people and so on and so forth. But now they're actually coming at him about some words that he said, wondering whether he was actually part of the civil rights movement and so on and so forth. Most people do not recognize this song and dance in this ritual. They do not recognize it. They do not understand the um, Constitution, and most people, unfortunately, do not recognize nor understand exactly um, how the song and the dance is communicated, you know, to or through the people. And that becomes um, the problem. The problem is, is that when you don't recognize what's going on, these song and dances are taking place, and it's, it's, it's simple. See, it's, it's very, very simple. So you're seeing what you think is an election that goes on, and they're picking the uh, president of the United States. Well, we need to go into the history of what's happening and how we, how we got here. There's a couple of things that I, that I want to read to set a proper foundation. I want to read um, what is generally and loosely termed uh, the Supremacy Clause in the U.S. United States Constitution, the Constitution for the United States of America. Let me turn to that right quick. This thing is moving a little slow. Try this one more time. To it here. Okay. So Article 6 for the Constitution. The United States of America says, all debts, contracted, and engagements entered into before the adoption of this Constitution should be valid against the United States under this Constitution as under the Confederation. This Constitution and the laws of the United States, shall be, which shall be made in pursuance therefore, thereof, and all treaties made or which shall be made under the authority of the United States, shall be the supreme law of the land. And the judges in every state should be bound thereby. Anything in the Constitution or laws of any state, to the contrary, notwithstanding. Now, that is known as the complete foundation of the supremacy of the Constitution. That lays the foundation for what every single thing always should and could come down to. So, anything in any state, that is contradictory, that contradicts the Constitution, 
does not stand as law. Any federal legislation, any state legislation, if it is in contradiction to a part of the Constitution, it does not stand. Okay, and it's under, and you have to understand that is from that foundation very importantly because if you miss that one part, then you won't understand the rest. So now the Constitution is supreme, period. Now with that, let's see here, I want to read to you about the coining of money. Let's see here. I've got way too many windows open. Try this one one more second here. Okay, I'm going to have to come back to it because the computer is moving too slow. The, the power to coin money is strictly directed at Congress in the Constitution. It is strictly given to Congress. It is not given to any other part of the government, and it is not contractable able to be contracted out and the power is not to be given to any other entity. On the foundation or the founding of the government, the reason that this was set up is because those who were the founders of the government knew that if you give the power of coining your money to an outside entity, that you had a high probability of that entity running and ruining the government. And because you had many banking systems that, that were around the world at this time, that there was an emphasis put on that because you could see what was going on around the world, whether you're speaking of Italy, um, things that were going on in Russia, Europe, and so on and so forth. So at this time in history, you have certain factions, certain uh, families who are beginning to develop tyrannical banking systems, putting countries in debt and and holding the government hostage, um, making them to making them pass certain legislation, certain bills, and so on and so forth. So the supremacy clause was put in and the, and the coining money clause was put into the Constitution to stop that. Now, when we get into, I'm going to read you have the Rothschild family. So Nathan Mayor Rothschild. Now, Roth, Rothschild, the name itself, comes from uh, a symbol that was put outside of a door of 
some of the early, you know, families and so on and so forth. The word Rothschild comes from two words. The word Roth, R-O-T, is in Germanic means rot, R-O-T, excuse me, red, R-E-D. So rot means red. Child becomes slouch, S-C-H-L-I-D. And that means sign. So the, the name Rothschild means red sign, and it goes back to um, the hex alpha symbol that was put outside of a door that numerically uh, equaled 666 and so on and so forth. Now, one of the founders of the banking system, you have Nathan Mayer Rothschild. He makes a statement, he says, I do not, I care not what puppet is placed upon the throne of England to rule the empire on which the sun never sets. The man who controls Britain's money supply controls Britain's empire, and I control Britain's money supply. And this is in 1815. So even during that time, when dealing with the family, or what the, they could see what was going on and what they were trying to pursue. So this country was ready to step and set, you know, um, to be against that. And I think we have a brother calling in for the information about the desktop. So let me bring him in, and then we'll jump right back in. So 443-Exchange-376, 443-Exchange-376, Islam. Islam, beloved. I am Hassan Ghazi Obed, Northwest of Mexico. How are you, brother? All is well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I had uh, I had chimed in, I guess, early because you had already started sparking some things off, but I didn't want to cut your wisdom, beloved. I wanted you to finish your presentation, but I do have your back. I have hard copies of the Constitution when you try to read from Article 6, and I'm looking right now here at the Black Law Dictionary, page uh, 13, uh, uh, 19 of the 4th edition. Uh, about politics because you, your topic is about politics or politics, and so I was going to wait to finish your presentation to, to further back you. That's all, beloved. Okay, so I'll um, I'll keep you in the queue when I'm um, opening up. Um, I will come right back to you. Absolutely, beloved. Peace and love. All right, peace and love, peace. Okay, so <clears throat> when we're looking at what we're going back to here and dealing with the origin of the banking system. So at this time, you have the Rothschilds who all over the country are setting up these tyrannical banking systems. And with the with them setting up these institutions, what they're doing is that they're going around globally into the, you know, the different European empires. And they're basically starting to buy the government. The Rothschilds started out dealing with one of the princes in Europe, selling them um, certain coins and so on and so forth, um, and this is how they got their start. They realized that uh, doing business with the heads of the throne was more beneficial and so then that's how that's the beginning of their banking system. It starts out with them selling coins from different countries to 
the prince basically, so the prince would have leverage against those countries. So they would buy uh, finances for, let's say, Italy. They would go and buy up Italian coins and Italian, you know, debt and so on and so forth, and then they would sell it to another empire. The empire would buy it from them at a discount. Now that empire that bought it from them at a discount would own, would have some leverage against the other empire itself. So they began to understand that dealing with the governments were more was more lucrative because when they were selling to the governments, the finances they were getting from the government would be backed by the taxes of that government. So it meant that they were less likely to take a loss. And so this is the this is some of the the origins of their banking system and how they got started and so on and so forth. Now, once they started doing this, they started moving around and so on and so forth. One of the ways that they kept countries in debt, and this now we're in the 1700s, one of the ways that they kept the countries in debt was to keep countries at war at all times. And they understood that if you could keep the country at war, then the country will be consistently having to borrow money from you. So now fast forward to certain things that are going on in this country. Remembering that the original organic constitution for the United States sets the coining of money to Congress. So 1791, you have the first bank instituted on this land. Now, this bank is also a Rothschild-influenced entity because they're constantly trying to get in on this country. It's given a 20-year charter. 1791, I think it's called the First Bank of the United States, has a 20-year charter. In 1791, you had one bank by the end of 1830. You had about 1,500. It created large amounts of instability because the banks themselves each would have their own paper to pay debts with. So the original system was one that you would get the the note from your bank and then you would try to cash it or pay for goods and so on and so forth. So one store owner could have different types of, of bank notes and would be in charge of trying to get it back to the appropriate bank to get paid. So it created a vast amount of work, led work, so that wasn't an, an agreeable banking system that became an issue. And so immediately the bank was not renewed in 1811. So in 1811, the charter for the Rothschild Bank ran out. This angered uh, the Rothschilds at this time. Nathan 
Rothschild, either the application for renewal of the charter is granted, or the United States will find itself involved in a most disastrous war. However, even with him making that statement, the United States stands firm, does not renew that charter. So then he issues another threat. He says, teach those imprudent Americans a lesson. Bring them back to colonial status. Now, back by the Rothschild banking system in 1812, the British declare war on the United States. The whole plan is to put the United States into so much debt that they have to then go back to the Rothschilds to bail them out. So now when this happens, and we're going to skip a lot of the in-between, but we need, we're need we going to go to 1861. In 1861, when uh, Abraham Lincoln offered, the country, based on war, is in huge amounts of debt, and it's already on the brink of bankruptcy. So this is where you start hearing about um, the the bankruptcy that's going on, and you get to where in August of 1861, you had Congress of a lot of the northern states and the southern states, and normally only talk about the southern, but there's actually a good amount of the northern states also adjourn CND, which means without day. So that becomes the official collapse. Part of, of what Lincoln was wanting to do was to push to not go into debt to the bankers. He actually approaches the banks in New York to obtain uh, loans and support of the Civil War. So he goes to the banks because the country, of course, is in debt and so on and so forth. So he goes to, uh, goes to them. What they offer him are such high interest rates that he rejects it. The interest rates that they're offering are anywhere from 24% to 36% on all the money's loan. So then what Lincoln decides to do is that he decides to then print the paper himself and make it the country's official money. So by 1862, April of 1862, he had printed about $450 million worth of, of printed debt-free money. That money is not backed by any Rothschild bank. He makes the statement, he says, we gave the people of this republic the greatest blessings they ever had, their own paper money to pay their debts. Now, of course, 
this angers the Rothschilds. So that same year, the Times of London publishes a story containing a statement from the Rothschild family, and it says, if that mischievous financial policy which had its origin in the North American Republic should become indurated down to a fixture, then that government will furnish its own money without cost. It will pay off debts and be without debt. It would have all the money necessary to carry on its commerce. It will become prosperous beyond precedent in the history of civilized governments of the world. The brains and wealth of all countries will go to North America. That government must be destroyed or it will destroy every monarch on the globe. So based on the understanding that if this country in the direction it was going was not indebted to the Rothschild banks, it could cause major, major issues. And so the plan then becomes to go ahead and figure out different ways bring the country back into debt. So then you go to 1871. That becomes the official collapse of the country, 1871. And that's where you're going to find the act of 1871. Now, this Act of 1871 outlines the territorial jurisdiction of Washington, D.C. It makes Washington, D.C. an actual corporate entity, a corporate government. It puts the seat of power for the corporation in Washington, D.C. Now, this becomes officially the the complete dismantling of the republic and changes all fixtures in the government to corporation, officially. Because prior to that, you also have the changing and the actual constitutional collapse of the government, which happened in 1861. But the financial collapse came to a head and the reconstruction of the government became official in 1871, under the Act of 1871. I'm going to read to you a part of the Act of 1871, and I want you to listen closely to the wording and what is being said. It says, being acted by the Senate and House of Representatives of the United States of America in Congress Assembly. Now, this becomes an issue just with that wording because Congress wasn't assembled. Congress had adjourned Senate D, 1861. So when this was approved, it was February 21st, 1871. 
So I'm going to say that again. Congress had adjourned CND, which means without a day. Now, for those who don't understand the structure of why that becomes important, um, I'll explain. In all, in all government um, structures, the adjourning of all official meetings adjourns with a day to continue. So a day to continue is, is an official step of recognition that the government is still continuing itself. So when the meeting is over, they automatically, what is our day to readjourn? Because that deals with the accountability, when things are supposed to um, uh, take place, when we're supposed to turn things in, and so on and so forth. When a government adjourns seeing a deal, meaning without day, there is no official readjourning. So that means that there is no promise to get back together. That, in government terms, does away with that government entity. The only way for the government entity uh, to readjourn at that point is actually through the people who empowered those seats. So in 1861, when the government adjourned CND, what was supposed to happen is that the people should have been informed of the collapse. Because at this point, when the South adjourned, they had no intent of coming back into the Union. And when those few northern states also were the same. There should have been a notification to the people that make up the republic. They should have immediately adjourned to vote new officials back into the seats to keep the government alive. Instead, what happened is that Lincoln, although it was not within his power to do so, sends out the first executive order. It's called Executive Order Number 1 for those who want to research it. With Executive Order Number 1, he then puts the country under the War Powers, what would be considered the War Powers Act. And he summons all of the militia to curtail basically what he would see as the overthrowing of the government. Now, when the Congress adjourned, he was adjourned as president also because the whole structure is one. It's three different branches, but they're all joined and connected. Without one branch, there is no other branches. So he actually had no power to even issue executive order number one. So when you're reading in the Act of 1871, when it's telling you that 
Congress or the Senate and the House of Representatives and Congress assembled. That's not possible. So that's a problem with this document from jump. That's why you will hear people make note that Abraham Lincoln is actually the last American president official. He is officially the last American president based on the fact that there has been no acting government or president since 1861. August of 1861 is when Congress adjourned CNAD to the Act of 1871. Being enacted by the Senate and the House of Representatives of the United States of America in Congress assembled, that all that all that part of the territory of the United States included within the limits of the District of Columbia be, and the same is hereby created into a government by the name of the District of Columbia. So I'll read that again. That all that part of the territory of the United States included within the limits of the District of Columbia be, the same hereby created into a government by the name of the District of Columbia. So that part right there tells you that there's a new government being created named the District of Columbia, by which name it is hereby constituted a body corporate for municipal purposes and may contract and be contracted with Sue and be sued, plead and be impleaded, have a seal, and exercise all other powers of municipal corporation not inconsistent with the Constitution and the laws of the United States and the provisions of this Act. So that is the formation of the new government. The formation of the new government has its jurisdiction alone in the original territories granted to to uh, Washington D.C. That's at, that, and that's the the uh, Act or Section One. Section Two, and it be further enacted that the executive power and authority in and over said District of Columbia shall be vested in a governor who shall be appointed by the president by and with the advice and consent of the Senate and who shall hold office for four years and until his successor shall be appointed and qualified. Now, I'm going to read that again in case you missed it. And it be further enacted that the executive power and authority in and over said District of Columbia, now remember, said District of Columbia is a new formation of the government, shall be vested in a governor. So the power of District of Columbia is invested in the governor, who shall be appointed by the president. So the governor for the District of Columbia is not elected by and with the advice and consent of the Senate who shall hold his office for four years and until his successor shall be appointed and qualified. The governor shall be a citizen of all 
of and shall have resided within the said district 12 months before his appointment and have the qualifications of an elector. So right there, we see that that is in complete contradiction to the Constitution. Complete contradiction. And that becomes a big, big problem. You have a governor who is now elected. No longer is that is that entity, uh, excuse me, he's appointed, not elected. So he's supposed to be elected, but he's appointed. Now, with that act of 1871, I'm going to read you a little dissertation um, or a couple of different things from different articles. You have one saying that the American general named Albert Pike, who had been enticed into um, part of the Illuminati. So you have to look over some of these words that they're using uh, because they're using them in ignorance. By uh, Gypsy Mazzini, completed his military blueprint for three world wars and various revolutions throughout the world, culminated into moving this great conspiracy into a final stage. So he's talking about the conspiracy to move um, certain world powers into the hands of the Rothschild. Now, the First World War is to be fought for the purpose of destroying the Tsar in Russia, as promised by Nathan Mary Rothschild in 1815. Because the uh, Tsar in Russia refused to adopt the banking system, Nathan Mayer Rothschild promised that his family lineage would destroy them. He says that the Tsar is to be replaced with the communism, which is to be used to attack religious, predominantly Christianity. The difference between the British and the German empires are to be, are to be used to ferment this war. The second war is to be used to ferment the controversy between the fascism and political Zionism with the slaughter of Jews in Germany, a linchpin in bringing hatred amongst the German people. This is designed to destroy fascism with it, which the Rothschilds created and increase the power of political Zionism. This power is also designed to increase the power of communism to the level that it equal that of united Christian. Now, understanding when, when this article is going into a lot of the information, we have to understand that actually, actually what's going on is not really the destruction of anything but the culmination of the Treaty of Verona. So based on the Treaty of Verona, you have all European powers are to come up under the hypothesis of the Vatican. Now, the bank, the Rothschild bankers are the financial arm of the Vatican. At this point, the United States is the military arm of the Vatican. And then the Vatican, of course, being the Holy See, is the legislative, meaning that all of the voice of the Pope is the most important voice on the planet. He sets the standards, the rules, and so on and so forth. So what's going on is that all these different 
factions and countries are being forced to deal with the financial arm of the Vatican. So there's really not a destruction going on as much as there is a push. So we're going to go over, and I'm going to read a part of the Treaty of Verona, and then we'll get back to the the banking system and what's going on and how we get to uh, what we're dealing with today. The, ba- the Secret Treaty of Verona, Article 1, the high contracting powers being convinced that the system of representative government is, is equally as incompatible with the monarchical principles as the maxim of sovereignty of the people. With the high divine right engaged mutually in the most solemn manner to use all efforts to put an end to the system of representative government and whatever country it may exist in Europe and to prevent its being introduced in any of those countries where it is not yet known. Now, this is... 1778 through 1884, volume, volume two, uh, you can find it, Elliot page 179. The treaty is actually from November 22nd, 1822. Article two, as it cannot be doubted that the liberty of the press is the most powerful means used by the pretended supporters of the rights of nations to the detriment of those princes, the high contracting parties promise reciprocally to adapt all proper measures to suppress it, not only in their own states, but also to the rest of Europe, in the rest of Europe. Convinced that the principles of religion contribute most powerfully to keep nations in a state of passive obedience, which they owe to their princes. We'll read that again. Convinced that the principles of religion, and remember this is the Vatican speaking, convinced that the principles of religion contribute most powerfully to keep the nation in the state of passive obedience, which they owe to their princes, the high contracting parties declare it to be their intention to sustain in their respective states those measures which the clergy may adopt, aim of ameliorating their own interest. So intimately connected with the preservation of the authority of the princes and the contracting powers, joining offering their thanks to the Pope for what he has already done for them and solicit his constant cooperation in their views of submitting the nations. So Article 3 is now telling you that the principles of religion will be used and should be used and are understood as the most powerful tool solicit passive obedience of the people. And if this passive obedience is not owed to God, to God, no matter what you want to call them, it's owed to the princes or the government of your nation. Article 4, the situation of Spain and Portugal 
unite unhappily all the circumstances to which this treaty has particular reference. The high contracting parties, in confiding to France the care of putting an end to them, engage to assist her in the manner which may may the least compromise with them, with their own people and people of France by means of the city on the part of the two empires of 20 million of Francis every year from the date of the signature of this treaty to the end of the war. So France is going to pay a subsidy to the parties to for them to assist them in quelling some of the uprisings that's going on there. You can read the rest yourself. However, this is 1822, and this is when your European governments are now being codified under the arm of the Vatican. And that the Vatican is now agreeing to be the head and will now agree to use religious principles. So when you're hearing them speaking about the different wars that's going on all over the country and the adoption of the banking systems, it's not the banking system that's being adapted. It's not the banking system. What's actually being adopted is the Treaty of Verona. That's what's being adopted. And so you must not lose that principle when you're looking into the information. Now, with with the Act of 1871, at this point now, the U.S. is officially now a Rothschild banking or Vatican banking entity. Remembering that the Constitution, again, gives the power of coining money to Congress and Congress alone. Anything in contradiction to that is notwithstanding. You had a fictitious government stand to sign the Act of 1871 because at this point the government did not exist. About time you roll around The next official um, Rothschild Bank um, comes around in in 19, uh, around 1910, the early, the top of the 1900s. And with the setup of that institution, then you start to see uh, things really start to go downhill. So up until this point, there's no Rothschild banks even after um, the Act of 1871, no official Rothschild bank. But at the top of the 1900s, you actually have the setup of your Federal Reserve. And again, all this being in contradiction. So you start to see at this point the Rothschilds. And now, there's many, many entities 
who are at this point fighting against this. You have the white the white Whig Party who eventually uh, collapses and everyone basically moves into what you now call your Republican Party. You also had the Democratic Party. Now, the Democratic Party at this point, you look at Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson, um, one of his things was to remove the Rothschild banks out of this country. He felt that and understood that they would rot the country and bring it to its heels. So on his deathbed, when asked about what is his biggest accomplishment, he actually said that the removing of the Rothschild Bank out of the country and so on and so forth, because he refused um, he refused their finances and so on and so forth. Um, the Democratic Party at this point is actually against against the banking system. It is actually your Whig Party that is trying to push towards capitalism. They want to go, the Whig Party, to a certain extent, wanted to go more with the what would be called the rule of law. The rule of law. Not spirit of law. Rule of law. The, the Democratic Party, at this point, wanted to stay more as a, as a constitutional Republic. Now, a lot of it, of course, is divided in north, you know, north and south, and there's a lot of con- contradicting um, sentiments on both sides. So, in one one way, you have the Democrats, you know, speaking about the Constitution, um, you know, but they're involved in things that are also anti, you know, Constitution. Then you have the Whigmore Party. Um, who is involved or, or wants to push um, towards free market capitalism and so on and so forth, which really is more anti-constitutional, but they're still seen to a certain extent as a constitutional party. Abraham Lincoln was a part of the Whig Party. And at the collapse of the Whig Party, a lot of the people who were part of the Whig Party actually took a break from government. Abraham Lincoln took a hiatus from government for a while before he became president. One of the founders of the Whig Party is Horace Greeley. So you can do your homework on him and the whole Whig Party and so on and so forth and and, and brush up on that part of history. So as they, as Andrew Jackson, again, he wanted to keep the banks out because that's, you know, really it's not a, uh, it's, it's anti-constitution to have the banks. So when you fast forward to 1910 and so on and so forth, and you see the institutions um, of the Federal Reserve. At this point, they then begin to um, buy government or by politicians. 
you had a lot of you know politicians who were actually against the Federal Reserve and the banks. A lot of your presidents at the in the early um, 1900s refused the financial backing of the banks. And all what that did is that then the banks began to institute and get the government, certain government faction entities, to start to change certain laws to allow financial backing so that they then could put their finances behind the candidate of their choice. When you get to the second bankruptcy, the first bankruptcy, again, being officially in 1871. When you get to the second bankruptcy, which now becomes 1933, I'm going to go back and remind you of the quote that Rothschild made, Nathan Mayor Rothschild, and speaking of the, uh, even uh, the newly forming governments over here, he says again that he does not care who is in the seat. He says that if you control the banking system, you control the government. He made that statement about the, uh, the countries of Europe. He also made the statement uh, about these countries, uh, this country here. You will hear a lot about the trafficking speech, which is on congressional record. Now, trafficking, you can find it where you can find the speech uh, on congressional record, and it's March 1993. And this is what trafficking says regarding 1933 and the bankruptcy of the United States. Says, Mr. Speaker, we are here now in Chapter 11. That's Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Members of Congress are official trustees presiding over the greatest reorganization of any bankrupt entity in world history, the U.S. government. We are setting forth, hopefully, a blueprint for our future. There are some who say it is the coroner's report that will lead to our demise. It is an established fact that the United States federal government has been dissolved by the Emergency Banking Act, March 9, 1933. Statute 1, Public Law 89-719. through declared by President Roosevelt being bankrupt and insolvent. House Joint Resolution 192. Standing 3rd Congress, in session June 5, 1933, joint resolution to suspend the gold standard and abrogate the gold clause dissolved the sovereign authority of the United States and the official capacity of the United States government officers officers, and departments, and it's further evidence 
that the United States federal government exists today in name only. The receivers of the United States bankruptcy or the international bankers via the United Nations, the World Bank, and the International Monetary Fund. All United States offices, officials, and departments are now operating within a de facto status in name only under emergency war powers. With the constitutional republic form of government now dissolved, the receivers of the bankruptcy have adopted a new form of government for the United States. This new form of government is known as a democracy. Being an established socialist communist order under a new governor for America. This act was instituted and established by transferring and or placing the office of the Secretary of Treasury to that of the governor of the International Monetary Fund. Public Law 94, 5, 94 through 564, page 8, section, House Resolution 13955, reads in part, the U.S. Secretary of Treasury receives no compensation for representing the United States. Gold and silver were such a powerful money during the founding of the United States of America that the founding fathers declared that only gold and silver coins could be money in America. Since gold and silver coins were heavy and inconvenient for a lot of transactions, they were stored in banks and a claim check was issued as a money substitute. People traded their coupons as money or currency. Currency is not money, but a money substitute. Redeemable currency must promise to pay a dollar equivalent in gold or silver money. Federal Reserve notes, FRNs, make no such promise and are not money. A Federal Reserve note is a debt obligation of the federal United States government, not money. The federal United States government and the U.S. Congress were not and have never been authorized by the Constitution for the United States of America to issue currency of any kind but only lawful money, gold, and silver. It is essential that we comprehend the distinction between real money and paper money substitutes. One can, cannot get rich by accumulating money substitutes. One can only get deeper into debt. We, the people, no longer have any money. Most Americans have not been paid any money for a long time, perhaps not in their entire life. Now, you do comprehend why you feel broke. Now, you do understand why you're bankrupt along with the rest of the country. Now, you can continue to read the full transcript of the speech, but you can find that by simply looking up James Trafficken. Trafficken is spelled T-R-A-F-I-C-A-N-T, James Trafficken speech. And then you can read the rest of it. What they're taught, what they're explicitly, or what he's explicitly detailing is the complete bankruptcy of the United States. 
And with that bankruptcy, it was completely dissolved. So, in 1933, all the gold was completely then turned over to the Rothschild family under the Federal Reserve Act. With that gold being turned, the official, officially, the ability to govern the United States is also turned over to the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve is not a government entity. It is a for-profit financial institution and structure, for-profit. That always must be understood because this is where, again, your taxes go to. Ronald Reagan did an inquiry that you can you can research where he points out that less than three percent of all of your tax dollars this is this is what he's saying less than three percent of all your tax dollars actually go to your government. So that is what his statement is saying. Now, we know that there is no government because it was resolved. But even in his statement, he's pointing out the fact the government doesn't get those taxes. It's actually going into the Federal Reserve. Now, this is again why the prophet also said that the 14th and 15th Amendments were not necessary for the salvation of his people. Because then you're going into the creator of what's called the end's legacy. The end's legacy being the corporate entity that is every single person operating in this country. It is the non gear. It is the, the name that comes back to you in all caps, signifying a corporation. That is a creature of the 1870, the Act of 1871, where not only the government becomes incorporated, but the people also become incorporated. And with the Federal Reserve Act of 1933, the people's energy was then promised to the International Monetary Fund to pay back that bankruptcy. What that means is that in order to for the defunct government to borrow money from the Rothschild families, then all of the energies, meaning all of the finances generated from this country, all of the finances generated, all through taxation, would then go to pay back the loan. So when you when you're hearing many of the uh, de facto government entities speaking of our children's children's children will be paying back this loan, that's literally what they're referring to. Is because the energy has been pledged. 
So what you're seeing when you see the election cycles, the election cycles are not running for the head of the republic. And remember that this is a republic. When you were taught the, the, the ritual, the song, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. The next words were for the republic for which it stands, which tells you the form of government. Part, the Constitution guarantees a republican form of government, not democracy. It guarantees a republican form of government for all states a part of the union. And so that and the Act of 1871 officially changed it from a republic to a democracy. And this is why everyone on TV now speaks about the democracy. No one speaks about the republic because the republic no longer exists. Although the Constitution is supposed to be perpetual, it has been suspended since 1861. So then the government changes little nuances. You go from the Constitution for the United States of America, then you go to the Constitution of the United States of America. So you have to do the research on those little changes because they're two different constitutions. You have the organic Constitution, which is the Constitution for the United States of America. And then you have the Constitution after 1871, which becomes the Constitution of the United States of America. So all of your government entities, your de facto government entities, now speak under the Constitution of the United States of America, while still representing, tissuously representing the principles of the organic republic, but co-opting it under the form of democracy and teaching through miseducation, to the concepts of miseducation, it being a democratic republic, which doesn't exist actually on the planet. There's no such thing as a democratic republic. There is no form of government called a democratic republic. It does not exist. So when you're watching the song and dance on on the television, what you're watching is just the ritual that's going on. You're watching the ritual to run for the head of the corporation. Now, there really isn't a running taking place because all of those things are already predetermined based on the bankers. There's an agenda that's already laid out. There's a literal agenda that's already laid out prior to all of these things. Even if a person understands the delegate system, the creation of the superdelegate, and so on and so forth, where they're they're telling you right in your face 
that you have superdelegates who can then come back and overthrow the vote of the people. And those superdelegates are going to most of the time be tied to your bankers. Because at the end of it, that's who has the say. I'm going to go ahead and open up the lines. If you have a question, you want to make a comment, um, go ahead and start pressing one so we can go ahead and start getting those in um, as we as we continue uh, the dialogue. So I'm going to go ahead and bring back um, area code 443 with the exchange 376. Area code 443 with the exchange 376. Islam. Islam, beloved. I am Hassan Ghaziel Bay at Northwestern Maxim. This is an excellent, excellent discussion. Again. Hello? We still there? Yes, we're here. Huh? Okay, good, good. Give yeah, me a, uh, time to um to kind of look uh, at a couple of uh, these definitions and to start it off uh, with your uh, topic of your show, just to add to your energy, beloved, because you're doing an awesome, awesome job. Um, let's see. I'm going to go to page, um, is this the right page? 1319, okay? Um, and which and this, dictionary are you using so the audience we're can using the uh, my, my my apologies, I would like to state this is the Henry Campbell Black's Law Dictionary, 4th edition, uh, definitions and terms, uh, ancient and modern jurisprudence, uh, to say the least. I'm going to type in just quickly uh, this politics one because I wanted to uh, get to, there we go, baby, move faster. Here we go. All righty. At the top of page uh, 1319, and that would probably be for those using the PDF version, would be on the PDF 1395, since you know it's about 70 pages or so off, so to speak, as as far as in between what is actually written on the document and what the PDF has due to all those uh, other pages previously to the actual page one, just to disclose that. Um, At the top of 13. Uh, 19, which is so interesting, it tells you, uh, and it's in Latin, uh, what it says, it says, um, politize, legibus non, mm-hmm. legis, polis, adaptanive, mm-hmm. which means politics are to be adapted to the laws and not the laws to politics. Mm-hmm. Just to open that there, and then if you scroll down a little to the actual uh, definition once again to the family. This is Henry Campbell Black's Law Dictionary, Fourth Edition, page thirteen nineteen, uh, which is in conjunction with the PDF page thirteen ninety five. Politics, the science of government. Semicolon, the art or practice of administering public affairs. So. We can just see just with that Latin and even with the word politics, the answer to the question of your title is it's obviously politics because Mm -hmm. we we, we can see that these people have adapted uh, uh, or they're trying due to the lack of knowledge. It's really not lack of knowledge because the knowledge is out here. I mean, you you have your broadcast, you have uh, – 
you, you got videos of, of uh, Brother Saj Tariq Bay and Ross Rashi Ravi Bay, and then you have, you know, MHHS, just to say a few, Sons of Law, Sister Standing on Law. It's so much knowledge out there, but the people are comfortable in their dishonor, for lack of better words. And I'm going to always use jurisdiction, but I just wanted to start there. So if we don't recognize just that alone, then we may not be able to even start to conceive exactly what's going on. And to continue, mm-hmm. you had used the word mm-hmm. coin, which I started looking up coin, too, and I was like, hmm, this is very interesting, right? So when you type in, mm-hmm. and for those of you that may be using the PDF version of the Black's Law Dictionary, 4th edition, there's a find tool. The, I'm not sure which PDF uh, tool you may be using, but if you type in the word and press enter, it has the effect of a concordance, which lets you know the word that you type in, and it'll it'll highlight where that one specific word is throughout the entire dictionary. Okay, so um, if I was to just kind of go back, I'm going to press these arrows, and I'm going to move uh, quickly through this because I do want to yield the floor. But there was just some points that you had made, and I just know that I wanted mm-hmm. to uh, kind of get there. But while I'm getting that, I will give you a list of words that also have coin in it that I think will be pretty interesting to the family. Uh, while I get to coin, I did write down the other pages, so I'll run these off real quick. Specie, page 1571. Sovereign, mm-hmm. page 1568. Treasure Trove, page 16. 1673, which is on the same page as Treaty, just to kind of put that out there. To go forward into the uh, book just a little, because I started, I guess, at the end when the uh, uh, PDF uh, program had found coin for me. I was near the end because I was near politics, so it gave me those pages first. And as I got to the beginning, you'll find Angel on page uh, 113, uh, Annual Assay, which I think is hugely important, uh, uh, page 113, and Argentum Album, page 137. Now, if we get to coin, I, and I can say off the top of my head, you know, what, what, what coin is, but I would really like to uh, not do that. I would like to read it and then kind of give uh, my uh, further thoughts on that, and then, you know, I'll yield the floor. But it, we're looking at page, let's see if this is right, make sure this is 308. Wanted to make sure, beloved. Okay, here we go. This is page coin. You will have the verb and the noun for coin. Black's Law Dictionary, page 326, in conjunction mm-hmm. with the PDF page 402. And it will tell you that coin, the verb, as you was talking about coining money and who could coin money, and you said it's Congress, and we know Congress adjourned Cena Dia in 1861. So anything after that mm-hmm. is void ab initio. Indeed. <laughs> uh, so coin the verb uh, to fashion pieces of metal into a prescribed shape, weight, and decree of fineness and stamp them with prescribed devices by authority of government in order that they may circulate as money. 
legal Tinder cases. There's a case law, 12 law, 484, 20 LED. I mean, I'm going to just stick to the substance here. Moving on to the noun. Pieces mm-hmm. of gold, silver or other metal, fashioned into a prescribed shape and weight and degree of fineness and stamped by authority of government. I'm going to tell you why I'm laughing. I'm going to stop right there. This is why I'm laughing because the prophet's words of, you're going to see a $20 bill in the ground and you're going to walk right by it. When you really recognize what it means because we are the coin. We have every element of the periodic table in us. The one who coined us is mother, and that stamp is Navel. But look, I'll, I'll stop right there. Um, but that's just kind of what, what, what I usually think. That, that, that's why we are, that's why with nationality comes sovereignty. And when we do look up that word sovereign in Black's Law Dictionary, uh, I'm just, I'm just going to just kind of just, just go to it really, really fast. I'm going to go to that really mm-hmm. quick. And I'm going to read that sovereign so that we can just make correlations. That doesn't mean go out here arrogantly and confrontationally. And this is for our own self-edification purposes so that we can be able to be Mohammedan judges, base, be muftis, base, so that we can support and assist our mothers, the ills. Okay, so so let's uh, go to this. Uh, see, that's R. I'm going to go to this S here really quickly for Sovereign, and then I'm going to skedaddle because if there's other callers, I do want them to give to give their energy as well. Um, let's see, that's service. I'm going to slow down a little faster here. All righty, we're almost there. Okay, so I'm going to scroll down here a little. What page was that? Sovereign is 1568. That's page 1568. So that would probably be an equivalent of 1644 or 1645 for the PDF. Almost there, beloved. Almost there. Here we go. There you go. Go ahead. All righty. The Sovereign... Come on, man. Move a little faster, computer. You know how you're scrolling down on your computer. You want to hit the arrow, <laughs> and it's just not moving as fast as you would like. I, I'm pretty sure we can all kind of, you know, know know what that's like, but I'm trying to hurry up and get past this SOU. All righty. I'm at 1567. Here we go. 1568. Uh, sovereign. And I just thought it was just kind of interesting for for. Uh, 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 of course, that's only in English law. This is not England. You, you know what I'm saying? But just to just to have mm-hmm. these things in us, you know, we're not here to practice commerce, but we learn the processes of commerce so that we can protect ourselves from their processes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so sovereign, and, and and it says a person. That's the first thing it says, but with the lowercase p. But I, I digress to you know to go further than that. But I'll just say sovereign, a person, body or state in which independent and supreme authority is vested. Thus, you know, with no nationality, there is no sovereignty. So if you're, you're not uh, declared, being clear yourself of being a more American national, you, you can't have any independent and supreme authority, which equates to autonomy. Uh, a chief ruler with supreme power, a king or other 
ruler with limited power. And then under that it says, in English law, a gold coin of Great Britain of the value of a pound sterling. Now, you know, of course, that would lead you in to go, hmm, what's a pound? What's sterling? You, you know, as we further go into that rabbit hole, Alice. But I, I just wanted to just stop there so that we, as 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 the ills and bays, because I know one thing is consistent and two things are definitely certain, we're looking for this 40-acre and a mule from those that we allow to serve food to us. This is what I'm this is what I mean. The corporations, their principals and agents are thriving off of the ignorance that they're the servants and we're the masters. But since we don't know that, we have Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. We've traded places. Mhm, indeed. And we need to Eddie Murphy and come back to America. <laughs> You, you, you kind of you dig what I'm saying there. I mean, I'm just you know mm-hmm. might be you know just no, painting I, that there. No, I understand. No, so, it's, so it's, I just it's clear ahead, for those who can see. It's no, it's clear for those who can see. Um, go ahead and finish up. I don't want want you to go ahead and finish your thought. Absolutely, and and this and this is just my my last thing. So so that we can see that we are that treasure. We are everything. I mean, even your Android phone, as you had mentioned about your app earlier for the uh, YRN, even that is designed after us, how we operate, mm-hmm. how we work. So that's why the prophet says study, 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 because we have an illustrious history. And when we just mm-hmm. start to just grasp little things that, like, and this is where I grabbed it, grasped it from, like, and this is what made me hold on and why I even tune into your show, beloved. Uh, when you hear, like, Taj and, 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 uh, and Brother Abdullah Talib Mazi Bey say, don't believe us. Go and check it for mm-hmm. yourself. Try to prove it wrong. Indeed. Prove it right. Go pay it forward and help the next person. So one thing is for showing two things for certain. When you start checking the etymology of these words and when you start checking what they mean in law and checking the case law behind these things, you're going to realize that you are, you are that treasure. You are that gold. You are that coin coined by mother, Islam. 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 Appreciate that uh, contribution and that demonstration. Thank you. And I hope that I hope that um, everyone really understood what the Moor was stating, and and where he was coming from, uh, and the angle and direction that he was trying to take the information into for you to study. Because when you're looking at when you're looking at what's going on, you never want to lose the angle that we're dealing with birthright theft. So they're dealing you're dealing with your lost estate, your physical lost estate, along with the knowledge. But I, I on uh on that I want to read to make clear for those who um, may have never heard it. Uh, you have section eight, article one of the Constitution. And when we're talking about um, the power of Congress and why this goes into politics. So Section 8 of the, of the Constitution for the United States of America says the Congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes, duties, imposts, and excise. Now, I advise you to 
look up what an excise is. That is very, very important. To pay debts and provide for the common defense and general welfare of the United States. But all duties, imposts, and excise should be uniform throughout the United States. To borrow money on the credit of the United States. To regulate commerce with foreign nations and among the several states and with the Indian tribes. To establish a uniform rule of naturalization and uniform laws on the subject of bankruptcies throughout the United States to coin verb money, regulate the value thereof, and a foreign coin and fix the standards of weight and measures to provide for punishment of counterfeiting the securities and current coin of the United States. So right there in Article 8, you completely should see that the power to coin, and again, as the brother just showed you, even with the definition of coin, a coin is exact. It's gold or silver. Money is gold and silver. You have securities that are backed by money. The security is not the money. And when you get into the Clearfield Doctrine, and it tells you that governments descend to the level of private corporations whenever they're dealing with fiat securities. Federal Reserve notes. So that any moment, any time, any government or any state government, any de facto jurisdiction as would be more proper, deals with you in regards to Federal Reserve notes. They are now simple private corporations. They're not government. Understand how this ties into the political system. So you know for a fact every single one of these jurisdictions, state of New Jersey, state of California, those de facto jurisdictions or private corporations. So when you're seeing the running for the office, the office that is being assigned because it's not actually elected, if you understand, even, again, even on a very low level, understanding the superdelegate system, even, even if you understand that, uh, even though that's de facto, it's still telling you that the people have no power of election, literally none. At any moment, the superdelegates can determine and do determine who is the president. When you look at legislation, when you look at all these things, you will always see them point towards 
the corporate interest because that is, as of officially 1933, the gold and silver, your estate, okay, the estate of the Moors was officially, officially turned over International Monetary Fund and given authority to the trust over it, to be the trustees, was the Federal Reserve. So you're not seeing an election. What you're seeing is the ritual that takes place every four years that has an emotional correspondence with the people. It generates an emotional response that allows the different entities to then know and be able to determine outlook of the people for the next few years. You can see that you should be able to see the exact correlation between the last three years with the straight-up assassinations of different Asiatic males and females, you should plainly be able to see the correlation between that and the current climate in the country and the climate when dealing with the so-called Trump rallies. You should be able to see a direct correlation. If you can't, you're you're blind. You're not paying attention. You will also see that in many of um, your newspapers and things like that, they're telling you that Obama will have a third term. Now, that's not in your normal newspapers, but it is out there on the net where they're telling you that Obama will have a third term. For those who understand how those things are done, if you have um, enough turmoil in the country, you have enough uprisings um, going on in the country, then they can actually suspend the election. And they can suspend the election until further notice. And whoever is the acting or presiding president of the corporation, U.S. will stay in power or in the seat until further notice. So when you see that in March, understand how things go. We're entering into spring, the planting season. So you should be paying attention to what's being planted right now all over the country because in the fall is the reaping season. And so come fall time is when you're going to see things really, really go from zero and be at 100. So based on what's going on in March, February, you know what uh, August, September, October is already going to look like. 
if you're paying attention and you understand how the ritual is performed. So this is temperature checking right now. This is temperature checking time right now. They're checking the temperature of the of the people in the nation. All of a sudden, at the turn of the year, during during uh, uh, what we're going to call incubation time, which is when the seed is being ready to be planted, so you have the formation time of the seed, which is what your winter solstice is, the formation of seeds coming through the stages of triple stage darkness and so on and so forth. The seeds are forming. So that come springtime, the seed can be planted, and then it can go through the rest of the transitions till it's time to reap. So during your winter solstice, you're seeing the planting or the formation, excuse me, of seeds where right at the turn of the year, you have all type of European sovereign citizen movements taking place. You have all different types of riots taking place. That's the formation of the seed. So now the seed is formed, and now we're in springtime, spring forward. Now we plant it in the ground, we we let it go, and then we harvest it. That's what you're seeing. There's not an election cycle taking place. It's really more of a temperature checking cycle to be able to show and be able to understand the temperature of the people so that the powers that you, to, that be so so called understand how to regulate and push the people in a certain direction to get the desired outcome. Understand that there's a civil war going on behind the scenes. You can read the Pope's letter to Obama and see that even more so, even what is thought of as the United States is completely dissolved. So there is no cheer, there is no seat for Donald Trump, Bernie Sanders. Hillary Clinton, or anyone else, there is no seat for them to take. That seat actually does not exist in any way, shape, or form. It doesn't exist. In his letter, bring that seat of authority to an end. And if you understand and have read that letter, it's clear And so what you have now going on is the reorganizing of this defunct entity. And you have the the presentation of the distraction to keep people from recognizing what's going on behind the scenes. Because the people can't recognize what's going on behind the scenes because they're so distracted then they can continue with the process as they need to. You have countries all over the world dumping the 
FRN, the Federal Reserve notes. They're dumping it. Once that is dumped, then you have no longer you no longer have a world power because the world the power of this arm of the Vatican is only in its military power. And if you cannot pay for the military, then you have no military power because you have no military. So the war that's being waged at this time against the U.S. and the Vatican and European powers itself to now set up independent banks that compete with the international bankers. You also have the institution of the of the instituting of the bank in Texas that has backed their um, coins, monies, with gold and silver. They've started a, a bank in Texas that is backed by gold and silver because Texas is trying to get ahead of what they see that's coming already. And so you need to study that. Study the BRICS Bank, B-R-I-C-S, BRICS. You'll see that that's Britain, Russia, India, China. And they've come together to start uh, a bank that will rival the IMF, and so on and so forth. With them doing that, it is now putting pressure on the international monetary funds to get back with their other countries so that they don't join the BRICS because the interest rates are different and their finances are actually backed by different commodities. They're not printing paper out of thin air because the FRN, Federal Reserve Notes, of the U.S. are literally printed out of thin air. It is a system that says how much do we need, we'll print it, and it's good. It has no backing, and the rest of the world understands that. So as this dumping is going off, now you can no longer go to different countries and even use the Federal Reserve note. It used to be that you could travel, that you could go into different countries, and you did not actually have to exchange the Federal Reserve note. You can go into restaurants, diners, and so on and so forth and just use the Federal Reserve note and they had no problem with that. Greece, a uh, couple of Italy, I think it is, and some other, a bunch of other countries, no longer allow you to do that. You must transfer it now. They don't accept it when you go there. So this distraction of the song and dance and rituals of the election. It's simply to keep the focus off of exactly 
what's actually going on, and which that is the reorganization of this defunct, bankrupt entity. What the obligation needs to be for those of Asiatic descent, those of Moorish, Asiatic, so-called African, uh, classified as black, Negro, colored, African-American, and any other um, name that, you know, they want to think of, we want to think of when we wake up in the morning. What needs to happen is that every nation must worship under their own vine and fig tree, which means that you have to realign yourself with your ancient mothers and fathers, forefathers. Nationality is the order of the day. You see that there is a senator in Illinois, if I remember correctly, who is pushing or who was pushing until he was quieted for nationality cards for everyone because everyone is not an American. The government cannot allow that to happen because that would unmask the charade. Because if you have to claim your actual origin of descent, then you cannot claim authority on someone else's land. So the charade of everyone being American has to stay in place because that's how the birthright is stolen, is by claiming that you are who you're not, by claiming that you are the descendants or the people of the land. So if everyone has to have a nationality card, which is going to outline your descent, black is not a nationality. So now these people who we've classified as black, Negro, and colored have to be told that they're not black. Black is a caste system term. We have to tell them. So now we have to tell them who they really are, which is the ancient Moabites, the ancient Moroccans, who are the aboriginal people to this land. Now, you can look up the senator, I think, in Omaha or something like that, that that was having a conversation, and he tells the other senator, they're they're speaking about um, the quote-unquote blacks, and he says the blacks are Yao Indians. And then the other senator says they're not Indians, they're aborigines. Now, for those who understand the language, Aborigine trumps Indian. Aboriginal means original, a part of, away from the original. So the senator was giving out the secret that the so-called blacks are actually the aboriginal people of this land. Indians are the ones who are covering the charade of being them. He was asked to step down and came under political fire, and the truth is he came under political fire by a lot of so-called black people who were so ignorant that they thought being called an aborigine was an insult. So a lot of, quote, unquote, black people, Negroes, 
miseducated Negroes started to petition for him to be put out of office because they were insulted because of their own ignorance in being called an aborigine. When aborigine means the original people of the land. So if nationality cards come out, your nationality has to be on there, and your nationality is more. So while the reorganization of your state is taking place and you're distracted because you're wondering, you're falling into, well, who should we elect? We have to go with the lesser of two evils, which is some of the, the other statements that you'll hear people make. Well, you know, you pick the lesser of the two evils because you have to pick someone. You know, if you, you don't pick someone, then, then, you know, they're going to get in there and then they're just going to run rapid. What that is is people buying into the force the force that there's actually an election taking place and that the people who are sitting in the chair actually make legislation. And that's not actually what's going on. So you have to trace it back to the original bankruptcy, the first bankruptcy of 1871 and the original collapse of the government in 1861. So in fact, not in opinion, not in I think, not in I believe, in truth, the United States Republic does not exist as a government. It doesn't exist. So you're not voting for that. What you are voting for is buying into the facade, and you must keep that in its proper perspective. Now, we have 443, exchange 376, area code 443, exchange 376, Islam. Islam, beloved. Hassan Ghazi, Obey, Northwestern Maxim again. Uh, you said, uh, what was the last thing you said? They said the republic. Uh, the Republic form of government, you said doesn't uh, – what, what was it you exactly said so I can make sure I'm quoting I correctly because that's what made me uh, <laughs> dial, dial in. Well, go ahead. No, no problem. The United States Republican form of government doesn't exist in its in the form of this government. So when we're looking at what's being portrayed, we're not seeing this is not the Republic. The Republic you – know, Mm-hmm. With Sorry, go ahead, the, the Republic adjourned in 1861, and the Republic officially went bankrupt in 1871 and was sold off. The interest of the Republic was sold off in 1871 to the international bankers. Mm-hmm. So now international bankers have acquired interest in that dissolved Republic and now operate under the created jurisdiction of the United States of America, U.S. which is not the original organic major jurisdiction as stipulated and agreed to by the ancient Moors, ancient, our ancient foremothers and forefathers when we signed the treaties that allowed them to use the land. So what was, what was your question in your statement? Now, in our Islam, to... to to add on to your wisdom with that, it, it, it shows that you're actually saying without saying it the importance of 
why Prophet Noble Drew Ali told us to enforce, which means strengthen, mm-hmm. the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Be, because Article mm-hmm. 4, Section 4 does guarantee a republic form of government, but your statement was mm-hmm. it doesn't exist in their uh, mm-hmm. system of, of government. And that is a true statement, as in the organic constitution, it mentions two presidents as well. There is a president of the United States, which would denote uh, the republic, which adjourned Sina Dia, May 10th, 1861. And then there's mm-hmm. the president of the United States Corporate of America Corporation, which is what mm-hmm. they're they're following to do. But but it it, mm-hmm. it, 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 it says this in, to me in a sense, and and I mean this just could be what the ancestors, along with the energy that uh, all of the Dejo brothers and sisters are doing to uh, raise me up uh, to be reminded of this information is that enforcing the Constitution would first be synonymous to filling our cups first before we can overflow to fill others. So so the, the organic Constitution and us being uh, beings with organs, since we're organic mm-hmm. ourselves, and we are that Constitution mm-hmm. which everyone is to uphold <laughs> against all violators, foreign mm-hmm. and domestic, um, it, it, if we look at when we see the words president and cabinet, just that alone, let's make the let's make the president our mind and the way we think and the way we conduct ourselves because we're governing our mental to be able to uh, 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 delegate such authorities or movements to our body, which is our cabinets. If we were to look at it like that and absorb these things first to fill up our cups, we will be able to see things clearly, as you're saying. And it just seems like, I, and I noticed the way that you're taking your time with your words and everything, it's so awesome because I can wholeheartedly see and bear witness with, 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 what, you're, with what you're saying. And it seems like with what is going on, our people are indoctrinated to really do the impossible. And, it, and it's just like they're just trying to run away from, from nationalizing. And since that is impossible, mm-hmm. that, that the word impossible brings me to this, then I'll yield the floor because you, mm-hmm. you just I, – I can tell that you, the, the, the ancestors, mother of law, and Prophet Noble Drew Ali working on the other side are definitely bringing it because you got me vibing over here. It made me come to – because you told me to look <laughs> up impost. And when I looked mm-hmm. up impost on page uh, 889 of Black, uh, Henry Campbell Black's Law Dictionary, 4th edition – uh, in conjunction with uh, page 965 PDF, um, it, 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 it says the impost is a tax duty and imposition levied uh, for diverse reasons, which we already know. We got that truth, AA222141. That just trumps all that, speaking of Trump. Um, above that, though, is in Latin, impossibilium nulla obligatio est. There is no obligation to do impossible things. Islam. Islam. Islam and Islam again. I will say say this as we wrap up. <clears throat> One of the things that we're going to have to realize is that what, and this is why I keep going over this point of, you have a reorganization of our estate. So they're reorganizing right now, our estate. And with the reorganization of our estate, the guidelines for us to claim our estate have already been recognized. 
So with what the prophet did, what Prophet Noble Duali did, then came to even full fruition with the adaptation, adaptation of the Declaration of Rights of Indigenous People, where the other Asiatic nations have stepped up and said, we will do our part. Now you have to do your part and be yourselves. The Pope then comes around two years ago and gives a letter to Obama and tells Obama that the de facto organization, corporate structure, that is known as the U.S. dot, the United States minor, is to be completely dissolved and the republic is to be restored and given back to the people. And that is the message that came straight from the Pope. Again, I've covered this on different shows as to why that's important to understand the Holy Say, the seat, which is the seat, of the papacy, papacy means papa. So when you see papacy, it's papa. It means the father. And the seat is the Holy See, which is the seat is invested with the authority. So he who holds the seat holds the authority, and the Pope, based on the Bibliotheliotext scripture, when Isa, who you call Jesus, is talking to, who is translated to meaning the rock in Latin, says that I will build my kingdom on this rock. And that transferred in the eyes of the Catholic Church, the power of God to the seat that is now called the Holy Saint and invested it the word, the, the, so now the, the Pope is considered the voice of God on earth. And so you must understand all these, all these politics that's going on behind the scenes because it is a reorganization of your estate that's taking place. And if you don't claim it, if you don't claim it, it is being claimed for you right now. So what I'm going to do now is what we're going to wrap up, and I will see you here next week. Uh, I look forward to your input, and uh, we'll have another another great show. If you need to hit me up, please hit me up at Northgate Bay, Bay spelled B-E-Y, of course, at gmail.com. If you have any questions or want to get on the email list, or you can hit me up on Facebook, just by putting in my attribute, Ramiel, R-A-H-M-E, apostrophe E-L, Ilbay. And we have two callers. Um, so before I get out of here, let me get them in. Islam. Islam, Islam couple of quick questions. Okay. In light of the, and thank you for this information. Good show. Mm-hmm. Um, in light of the Pope's letter uh-huh. and 
the official or unofficial, whatever you want to call it, conclusion of Obama's term, although you talked about a third term, so I'm not sure what that might look like. But in light of these things, wouldn't it be um, behoove us to be claiming some land, be writing a letter, to or taking the steps to do something about claiming some land or, you know. Yes, yes, but that um, comes under that comes under the organization. And so as you already know, and I'm sure part of the question is to get the information out there, um, but that's part of what, we're, you know, what we're supposed to be doing. That is what the uh, Moore Science Temple was actually set up to be doing. So we have to understand that when we're thinking about the entity that is the Moore Science Temple, it's set up to be an embassy and a conduit for diplomatic relations between the Moorish Americans here on this land with other Moors and Asiatics across the world and, and along with this uh, de facto uh, government. So uh, with the Moore Science Temple, an honorable Moore Science Temple or any great field organization should be working on setting up the proper um, correspondences and, um, you know, law documentation that would allow for that organization to be ceded back, you know, our, some of our territories as outlined in the Declaration of Rights of Indigenous People. And that's why that instrument becomes so important because it, it, it is the um, it is a, is a huge authority factor that can be used to show that the claim is lawful and, and, and within the stipulations of what is our birthright. So, yes, we're supposed to be doing that, and, and we have to start doing it now. It's not a let's do it in a couple of years thing. Those are things that need to be in the works right now for every single more Science Temple, Great Seal organization around the country. Right. That's All what of I them think should be doing that. Expediency. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Okay, I'll leave it at that. We'll talk more later. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll, I'll drop a line. Okay, thank you. Uh, peace and love. And we're going to bring in the last caller, 786, area code 390. Islam. Shalom, my brother. How you doing, man? Hello. I'm good. How are you? Now I just want to make a I just want to make a quick statement before you go. Um, you know, I just want to let you know all your work and everything is appreciated, man. You know, really appreciate you um what you're doing for us out here. You know, and just keep up the good work, man. And stay blessed, bro. Oh man, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you tuning in. Yeah. All right. Well, you ready? Yeah, I can hear. All right. Peace. Peace. All right. Peace. All right, so we're going to go ahead and wrap up. I do appreciate you chiming in, and we'll be back next week. With that, I say peace and love, and uh, same time, same place, same station. Download that app, YRN, your radio network, on your tablets, on your phones, um, because it's going to give you clearer reception, less issues. We're going to be changing over, and I'll be keeping you abreast of that. Peace and love.